0: And welcome to another episode of the Sartorium Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance, and let's jump right into the download now one of the interesting benefits of game pass over the past really two to three years is that microsoft has been really using it to court developers that had not traditionally dropped their games on Xbox. Uh, We saw this with the Yakuza series really making its uh, debut uh, with a lot of Xbox users via Game Pass and even going so much will go far as the creator really talking about how the popularity has grown because of the influence or the number of people that have now played the games via Game Pass and how it really allowed them to expand the audience to really broaden it Horizons for the newest games, which were announced a few months ago. Well, another series, oddly enough, from Sega, just like the Yakuza series, that has been widely regarded as one of the best JRPGs for the past couple years of JRPG series, has been the Persona series. Now, this is a series that has not seen the light of day on the Xbox. I believe the only game that's come out for the Xbox in the past couple years was uh one of the battle offshoots that came out on 360 era, i think was persona 3 battle something like that. anyway well the most recent entry persona 5 rail has garnered much acclaim and being locked to the ps4 of the past few years it's one that has been touted as one of the best JRPGs that have been released um, in the past few years. And with Game Pass, it's now available on the Xbox platforms as well as Switch and PC. Uh, And this is going to then lead the way for Persona 4 and Persona 3 to come to Game Pass in the next few months as well. And just because of Game Pass doesn't mean you can't purchase it, it's available for $54.99. Now, personally speaking, considering the game is a couple years old now, charging full price. I don't know a little bit dubious in my opinion but you know companies gotta make their money so this is an RPG that I've played a little bit of and I have to say that I understand what all the hype Is about uh, the battle system at least for me is a very unique battle system I like turn pace turn-based JRPG battle systems I'm not so much of a action RPG sort of guy when it comes to that sort of thing however it has a great combination of or hybrid of that action and turn-based I also like the melees and the guns and everything but also a lot of the attraction is the art style it's very much an anime inspired or really an anime art style whereas I haven't delved too much into the story yet but just the opening few scenes with you're at this heist and you're trying to really steal from this casino and the monsters come out of the guardsman it definitely poses some interesting questions as you just get into the main game that are obviously explained further as you go into the game but I am really enjoying it thus far It's the, my question is how much time do I have really have really have to sink into a a really high quality JRPG I'm not sure of the hour count for this one but I wouldn't be surprised if it's 50 plus that's i would bet money that 50 plus hours but persona 5 royale if you have not played it and you're into jrpgs i definitely suggest it's one that you look into if you have a ps4 or 5 uh switch you know you can download those and purchase those for a price same thing with pc if you have xbox and game pass then it's part of your, your current subscription um if you don't have game pass i'm pretty sure you can get it for a dollar at this point in time uh for that free month trial or that one dollar trial things that are in nature but i think This is one of those games that's definitely worth your investment in Game Pass. Again, that's Persona 5 Royale from Atlas slash. Sega. While this isn't gaming related, well, this isn't about downloading a game. Actually, no, this is about downloading a game. Uh, one of the things about this current generation of gaming, which really burns me um, as someone who does not purchase a lot of physical titles, and I will I will say this right now, I end up purchasing a lot of titles when they are drastically discounted digitally. Uh, One, because I don't buy many discounted titles in person because those places that do have them like a GameStop, the discounts aren't that great realistically and They don't have a great selection of titles, in my opinion, most of the time compared to what's available uh, digitally. So I say that with a caveat that I end up buying most of my games digitally. However, if I did want to purchase a game physically, I think you and I would both expect that if I'm buying a disc, the game's on the disc. Now, we saw this last year, year before when Halo Infinite was released and the fact that the disc prompted you to download the material from the internet which is really a waste of time and i didn't understand i would at least thought that the campaign would have been on the disc but no it was not you still then had to proceed to download that from uh the internet from the cloud and now with the arguably one of the biggest releases of the year call of duty modern warfare 2 now if you purchase the disc there is essentially 72 megabytes of data on that disk that essentially acts as a key to tell you to hey now you need to download a 100 gigabyte file from the web and this is what I don't understand about this I understand about day one patches so on and so forth one what was the point of issuing a disk with nothing on it two if it's a blu-ray why isn't that full game on the blu-ray that 100 gigabytes could have easily been on that full game full on that disk and three, if it is a Blu-ray, why are you racing the Blu-ray with 72 megabytes of data of nothing? This is where I fear for that digital only sort of ecosystem that we are progressively moving to for gaming, where the convenience is great. We are essentially buying a license and these companies at any point in time can shut off that license so we can never play this game again. One of the great things about Xbox is that backwards compatibility. But even with that, there are games that were backwards compatible that are now gone. Like Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur is now gone. Like you cannot purchase it anymore. If you've purchased it before in the 360 era, Xbox One era early on. Yeah, but now it's no longer available for purchase. You can't even play it on Game Pass anymore. Uh, those sort of things are just, you know, that license. And then even with Xbox's DRM, which so graciously they fixed um in the past couple of weeks, where you couldn't even play any game on your system without it being able to check the internet to make sure it's yours, I'm like which is absolutely completely ridiculous because it's on your system. I don't understand why that it was even a thing, but luckily they fixed that. But my biggest concern is as we move toward a digital economy, what happens to physical game? I Personally, there are games that I want to buy and plan to buy physically. What's going to happen? Like, for instance, uh, the TMNT cowbun collection. I haven't purchased that yet, partially because either two things are going to happen. I'm going to just buy it digitally or I'm going to wait for about another year when Capcom, not Capcom, Konami usually discounts their collections. That's how I bought the uh, Contra collection. Also, the Castlevania collection as well. I bought those on steep, heavy digital discounts. But also, I've talked about Star Trek um, uh, Resurgence. I plan on buying it digitally when it comes out because I'm pretty sure there's going to be a sweet collector's edition. Also, just in general, that's a game I want to support. Excuse me. I want to purchase that physically, not digitally, because I feel like there's going to be a sweet collector's edition to that. And it's something I, as a Star Trek fan, my whole entire life want to purchase i would be really upset if i purchased that game and it's like nothing on the disc and i still have to download whatever i talked about this uh on the nrw checkpoint with titanfall titanfall is a game that's five six years old it prompts you to download 60 gigs from the web from the cloud and only play the full game it's maybe like a tutorial on the actual disc itself which is an absolute waste of time and waste of space and waste of money so i that is like my biggest concern and as a gamer as someone who's been playing Games, literally my entire life it pisses me off that if you're going to have physical media for that it'd be nothing on it the whole point of buying that physical media is to actually own the game and the data in a physical format not to have a quote-unquote key to download it that you could buy a, a card for that or access code for that those things are just really ridiculous and in my opinion just really does a disservice to your customer that still chooses to purchase digital me Physical games and it couples that with many of the publishers, Activision, EA are now shifting physical production of games in various territories. A lot of that's happening in Europe. You know, physical games are really going by the wayside. I understand the shift in technology, but if you have a customer that wants to buy a game physically, at least put the game on the disc for them. If not, you're doing them a disservice and you should let them know beforehand so they have they have the opportunity to make an an education choice about what version of your game they want to purchase well that's my rant for the day let's get into some short takes now there were a lot or there was a lot of marvel trailers were a lot of marvel trailers i can't talk today that dropped last week first of them was ant-man and the wasp quantum mania i don't know i've rewatched it a few times and i am on the fence about it one of the things i liked about the ant-man movies is that they were very small in scope Uh, they fit into the overall mcu but they were very Self-contained, and they were very small. Like the first one was very, much, like very much. You went into that Scott Lang being a former thief, so there's always some sort of heist elements and the shenanigans of his crew. I like the humanity of Ant-Man and the Wasp. I really, really like that. There is something about this trailer with them going into the quantum realm that one, the otherworldliness of it, just is not satisfying for this character, in my opinion. It it reminds me of what they did to Thor from a, a visual aesthetic. It's it's very colorful. You have all these quote unquote aliens in the quantum realm. It's, it's otherworldly. And this is not the sort of film that I expect to see with Ant-Man because Ant-Man, is weird to say is very much based in the real world with all of his dramas and struggles. So I'm interested to seeing what this movie attempts and how well it executes it, but I'm just a little taken aback by the drastic tonal shift and grandeur that now is an ant-man movie which ant-man movies were the little marvel movie that could and i think that was part of their charm uh, they weren't the most successful of the marvel movies but they made money they were smaller budget compared to the other ones and they were ones like i said really were about the humanity of the character and scott lang is a real dude in many respects and you saw that uh from him and how he acted and even you get some of this in this uh trailer as well but that going to the quantum realm, being in that whole other environment, I'm interested to see what it does. And also the whole crux with Kang and how that's going to integrate into the rest of the MCU going forward. I'm interested in, I'm looking forward to seeing. But as an Ant Man movie, it just seems from the trailer, it seems a bit off. So that's my take on Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, the first trailer's job for that. Secondly, we had another Marvel MCU themed trailer, and that's The Guardians of the Galaxy christmas special now if you want to watch the video review you can check that out over on nerds rule the world myself and brian sav talking about it as extension of the nrw checkpoint but i thoroughly enjoyed it i thought it was crazy i i love dave batista's drax i am going to be so sad when he is no longer in his character he has such great comedic timing as drax it's it's really interesting and and Batista has really good comedic timing as a whole. Uh, The movie that he did with the little girl that that he was a CIA agent, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I thought that was completely hilarious and just he really shows that he has great comedic chops in that regard. So that's why I love his 10 years Drax. But one of the things that I saw in this, and I am not upset about it because if this was Guardians of the Galaxy Galaxy Volume 3 and I spotted this, I would be upset. But for instance Batista's makeup looks kind of off his drax uh ken gilliam's makeup as nebula looks kind of off and even groot groot seems like a suit a very well done suit by the way but he doesn't seem cgi like the movies and that's a bit jarring um for me not in a bad way it's just that i did not remember this is a special one disney plus this is not a multi-budgeted six figure um excuse me what nine figure or eight figure no i was right seven figure or eight figure movie production uh, from Marvel Marvel Studios this is a modestly budget TV Christmas special on Disney Plus so taking that I'm like okay I understand but the whole premise of them is that they are kidnapping Kevin Bacon Star-Lord's icon as a Christmas present for him is absolutely hilarious and I cannot wait to see that and judging by the other Marvel specials in this case Werewolf by Night I expect nothing nothing but good times from watching guardians of the galaxy christmas special when it drops on november 23rd speaking of crews that i love let's talk about blood syndicate season one issue five now i've been sitting on this for a while i just haven't gotten a chance to really sit down and read it and analyze it until the other day so this is episode five issue five my name is written by gregory thorne Pencils by Sean Damien Hill, not Chris Cross, who I will say, Sean Damien Hill did a damn good job. With the interiors for this issue. Inks by one Castro, color by Will Quintana, and then letters by And World Design. Uh, this was very much a Holocaust focused issue. You got to see a lot of the backstory in his childhood really culminated into him, him being the man that he is, the ruthless man that he is. And I, I will say that again, the artwork was really impeccable by Sean Damien Hill. If, if Chris Cross is not drawing this book, I'm totally fine with him drawing this book going forward i i really liked uh how his panel work was i love how he told the story going from scene to scene and with that but also we got a confrontation between holocaust and icon and it did not go as you would have expected um holocaust was waiting planning and and just new icon would show up after a certain point in time and he did so he was waiting for him so he essentially was snuffing out rocket icon shows up icon tries to fight but holocaust was already waiting for him one of his members crew members is someone who can infect you with a disease so that's what they did and they went into icon and just kept changing and mutating until they found something that sticks so he basically beat icon in this issue and at the end he's standing forth basically saying who gonna stop me I'm King Holocaust the first this is this is my island Paris Island is mine and then you see Blood Syndicate on that last panel that are there with Tech Nine, Wise Son and many of the others are just there ready to take them on so this obviously with issue six the last issue in this first season I'm assuming because all the other milestone books have been six issues in their first season we're going to see this battle that we've been building up to between Holocaust and the Syndicate so I am looking forward to that but the one one thing I will say and I think I said this a little bit earlier uh, in my commentary about Blood Syndicate everything's going so fast I I feel like we're missing some character development and growth uh with some of the ancillary characters we've seen Boogeyman we've seen a couple other people but we've seen them we don't know about them and yes I know as part of an ongoing series uh that's those are things that will be explored and again I'm coming from a, someone who thoroughly loved the original run and literally read every single issue so in back of my mind i have an idea of who these characters are even though there are clearly changes with this new interpretation of blood syndicate and the characters that comprise it i just felt like that this six issue run with a group book especially with the last this issue particularly since it's all about holocaust everything's going really fast now it's like everything okay we, we got through issue three through four setting the ground layer groundwork uh four you got a bit more detail about some other characters then five is all about the main bad guy. And then six, we have a battle. It's like everything moves so fast um, as far as that was concerned. So it looks like it's not a, a huge detraction because I understand. And the story has been very well done and well paced in my opinion. But I still feel like it's going a bit fast. And I know by this time, issue six should be out. If it's not out this week, it probably comes out next week because it's been a while since I've been sitting on this book really to read it and to talk about it. But if you have not been checking for any milestone books, but in this case specific Blood Syndicate, you are missing out on a treat and I definitely recommend you read it. Next up, obviously, is Duo. This is Duo Part 5 or issue number five, uh, written by Greg Pak, pencils by Corey Fam, inks by Scott Hanna by Chris Sotomayor and letters by Janice Chang. Uh, this continues with that storyline. And it's um this issue. There was there's so much going on. There's so many factions now uh, that are sort of vying for the technology or trying to destroy them it's there's a lot and i'm not saying it in a bad way but at the end of the the last issue we saw them pretty much you had the battle with the immutables and then you had the showing up of uh, dr tinker and his robots and then uh, they took over. I'll just say David, except we forget his fiance's name, but David, let's call him Duo. Duo took over the robots, and now we see that they are in this episode, this issue with the robots. Police about to go in, shoot them, and it's, it's a mess. It's a mess in the chaos that is. Going forward with everything that's going on, and then they're starting to help people, which is what they want to do with the nanotechnology. And then ultimately, uh, Dr. Tinker and the immunables join forces to try to stop David or Duo. And that is something that then they join forces, they're battling. Then Dr. Tinker gets control of his robots again as they try to put the Duo into this, I'll say, phantom zone where they cast out the immunables who are pretty much too dangerous well that backfired because now Tinker double crosses them tries to put all of them in that portal and then at the end you have the Immutables that are now called the Irredeemables that now show up so now you have three different factions that are in play around the duo character and like I said, it's a lot it was one that I thought that would really be more so for whatever reason I got when Immutables were first introduced back in what issue 2 whatever it is I got very much shades of uh, the external storyline way back in x-factor uh when it found out that cannonball was immortal and part of externals and all that good stuff um so i got a lot of that sort of vibe from it and with the immutables now dr tinker and his army and now the redeemables i'm very interested to see what happens but there's a lot there's a whole lot going on in this book and much like i talked about blood syndicate it's not a bad thing it's just that everything seems like it's coming to a head rather quickly and i feel like especially in this case compared to blood syndicate since we have so many factions around duo now i would have liked more especially more with the dr tinker and his crew because they only really came up what last issue if i remember correctly and now you have the irredeemables there's a lot going on and i hope that this isn't six issues or six parts like the milestone books are since it's earth m so is this milestone realm i hope this is a bit longer because i feel like there if they try to put a cork on it in issue six i feel like there's going to be something severely lacking uh in how things concluded i feel like this maybe need another needs another issue or two so it should go to like eight or nine maybe even ten uh based on the way the story is going right now in my opinion of course i'm not greg pack i'm not the writer so i have no idea what his vision is and what he's doing and how he's pacing and plotting this book but i will say there's a lot going on and things are moving very rapidly and i'm just Just hoping that the overall story doesn't get lost because so many different details have been introduced so quickly into this conflict. So that is my take on duo uh, issue number five or part five, as it says. All right, let's talk about some Star Trek. And this week we saw the final episode for the season for Star Trek Lower Decks, episode 10 of season three. And I have to say it was a very good conclusion to the story that was started last week with the revelation or reveal of the Texas class, uh, but also really Brought home some of the plot threads that were brought up early in the season with, I forget his name, um, how we found out who wiped his memory, what happened to the code he was working on beforehand when a big explosion happened. Um, if you watch it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I liked how all of that was tied together uh, in the end I thought it was a it was an okay episode and let me tell you why And this may be somewhat weird as far as my opinion on this it felt like an animated version of a live action Star Trek show instead of an animated Star Trek show if that makes sense a lot of the in my opinion humor was gone it was a lot more drama and suspense uh, with the story which again is not a bad thing I just thought it was very light on many of the comedians the elements that are very much uh, a typical part of any last or lower decks episode so with that like it was an okay episode it wasn't as funny as usually or amusing i should say but it was one that told a very good story i liked how again all of those sort of plot threads were tied up those loose threads were tied up from the season i thought that realistically if lower decks never came back this would serve as a a pretty good series finale as well Uh, so I I liked that pseudo finality of the episode you saw everybody where everyone was after this you saw the growth of these characters so if this was the last episode I would have been totally satisfied with that now mind you I don't want it to be a last episode but if it was this is a this would be a serviceable uh, series finale but it was definitely a good season finale in my opinion so that's my opinion on uh, Star Trek. Log- oh, back up. So I, th- I like the reveal of the archaeologist having this endowment from Jean-Luc Picard, uh, which is how they fund their efforts to retrieve these stolen artifacts and place them back to where they rightly deserve. I, I like that touch. I love how Lower Decks consistently name drops and integrates TNG continuity, things that those of us who really are big fans of that TNG era, uh, Voyager, uh, Next Generation, Indies. Space Nine. Not so much Voyager yet. I gotta watch Prodigy. Uh, But I really like how they integrate those. Especially with this season, how they integrate a lot of, I don't know, Riker and Troy were there, I think, the season before. I think Thomas Riker's been on there as well, if I remember correctly. So they've done a good job of that in the past few seasons. But for this season, I've really enjoyed uh, those aspects. So I will say, and this is before I, I, I get off of Star Trek there. This is the last episode of Lower Decks. There isn't a new series of Star Trek coming out until February. So we have three months free of no new trek what should i watch on trekking out should i start prodigy i've heard that's pretty good and a lot darker than you think should i go back and watch discovery or or should i watch enterprise let me know shoot me a a shot on social media or email those are the three choices discovery prodigy or enterprise which one should i start covering for trekking out let me know and the fragrance for this week is also what i'm wearing today and is one that i've covered before and one that i think for this fall season and the winter coming up is one i'll probably be grabbing grabbing a whole lot more and that is sensanto and sage from savoir faire now it's a fragrance that was released in 2021 is unisex it is earthy and woody and one of the things i love about this fragrance is the that the projection is unbelievable. Um, it lasts 12 plus hours on my skin and I smell it all day long. There's no point in time when this fragrance goes away. Projection is amazing. So with that, you're gonna find notes of Palo Santo, Clary Sage, Oud, Ambroxan, bergamot, Cryptomeria, Tobacco, Grapefruit Musk, cardamon Cashmeron, and heliotrope now forget the pricing on this one i know the 10 ounce clutch size that i have at the time was about 25 bucks so i think excuse me, 10 ounce 10 milliliters that runs about 25 dollars, 20 25 dollars uh the full bottle i believe runs for maybe i want to say about 110 i may be wrong now but you're looking about 100 or so for a full bottle of this fragrance and this is one that I would definitely recommend. And I the earthiness just so fits the fall season, in my opinion. But more importantly, that projection, that projection cuts through the crisp air like a hot knife in butter. Now, I wore this a few months ago when I went to Blurcon and obviously it was the middle of July. So it was a lot hotter and it was just beautiful of a fragrance and really coming into the fall, it's. The earth is just so fits the fall, the leaves, the changing the weather. It's something about the crisp and just something a little bit extra to the fragrance. I really love it and enjoy it. And it's one that I honestly will probably have to get a larger bottle of because I feel like I will be going to this one quite a lot during the course of the next few months. And that's Sonsanto in and Sage the savoir fair and of course if you're looking for fragrances be sure to check out pete and pedro for their line of five luxury inspired fragrances um all are just 49.99 for a 50 ml bottle you can find a link in the show notes for 10 off your first purchase or use the code ehawks 10 don't forget to check out our patreon where you you can fund the show by becoming a producer at different level levels and getting certain perks. But of course, you can always find me every week with my man Brian Saf and the legend Kuya P over at the NRW checkpoint on nerds rule the world on YouTube. And you can find me also on social media on Instagram at Webster Style and Sotorial Geek, on Twitter at Webster Style, and on TikTok at underscore webstyle. Of course, you can find anything and everything that is Webster Style at and And again, you want to drop me an email. Let me know about that Star Trek. Which one, which series should I drop or should I start watching next? Uh, Prodigy, Discovery, or Enterprise? Let me know. Info at webstylemagazine.com. Thank you again for your time. Thank you again for your ear. Remember, stay safe out there and be blessed.
1: Can lift me to the sky, the party off to twirl. Get it no hey. 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 on. On. On the type the choosing what we on. It was Tree Green Tuesday. Had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be White Wednesday. Uh, I don't. Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot, you didn't wear- All right, it. million, them heels killing on but I'm sure it's a Thursday, wow. bowtie Thursday. Wow. Pasta cream in your heels, looking survey, wow. acting like wow. you don't know the rules up in the workplace. Must I remind you, it was till on your birthday. Wow. Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. Wow. And you picked the hell of it for the church day. Let's wow. say you picked the risk game for it. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchased. Pick a color scheme that can match your berry corset. Yeah. Yeah, Give it Give it make a little scene. Cause, Cause yeah. no one man should have all that styling. Take it out, clothes on the floor, and No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them scenes. Cause no one man should have all that styling Take it out, clothes on the floor, pile and no one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them scenes. Let's see what it seems. If it is what it seems, do it again. Now, chicks be looking yeah. thick leggings, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. Take a hint, though. Don't try to get me at a moment. Comment no oh. though, Smoking hot, rocking this pencil. Oh. Thin tie, hairline, looking like a stencil. Pimp, oh. no I'm shopping in the U.S. So oh. instrumental. Plain dang, homie, I was hoping we could walk out with that bang, bang, honey. Bang, See bang, them plain, bang, James, plain honey. James, honey? James, them plain friends, bang, honey? Bang, we tell baby. it better, crazy, like that thing came bang, on me. Bang, hey, Fit poppin' like a main vein, running blood color lips, smashing with the hand clutch money, holding back, kinda funny. Can you tell me what's the price I like of the Range Rover? Hang on me when we walkin', lookin' Gucci, like that thing sprayed on me. Walking with a lip like an ankle sprain on me. Yeah, I rock the card again. She don't really want me because one man should have all that salad. Take it out, pose on the. on the floor pal and the one girl should fit it all in them jeans so take it up and let me see what's under them scenes oh you wanted to oh I completely read that wrong